want to talk to you for a little while on this subject, the setup. I'm going to say the setup. In Luke, the 8th chapter, in the 40th verse, it says that Jesus had returned, and when he had, the people gladly received him, for they were waiting on him. I like that. They were waiting on him. That tells me they had anticipation or expectation that their need was going to be touched. If you are here today and you have a need, you need to come to receive him for your answer and not from everybody else. 41st verse says, And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at the feet of Jesus and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay a dying, the Bible says. But as he went, the people thronged up against him. Now, I want to unpack this story so you understand that Jarius was pleading with Jesus. He fell at the feet of Jesus and simply was saying, I am desperate for my daughter to be healed. Please, please help me. She is only 12 years old, and she needs me. She needs her father. She needs me right now, and I, I don't know where to turn. She is my life. She has her whole life in front of her. And as a father, I am to be her protector and her safe place. As her father, I need to be her strength and her hero. So, Lord, please, I can't lose her. And I can see Jarius while his hands are around his face and tears are streaming down his cheek. As he's at the feet of Jesus and the tears are now falling to the dust of the ground. And I just can only imagine what's rolling around in his mind thinking that children shouldn't die before their parents. When she fell, I picked her up and brushed her off and told her everything was going to be okay. She has been sick for quite some time, and I told her, be strong that she can come through this and get through this. I want her to see her fall in love. I wanted to give her away on her wedding. Lord, please, please help me. I cannot lose her. I would give my life for my daughter. You gotta understand the story. Jarius had been by her side day and night, dealing with the fever, dealing with the convulsions and the pain that was in her body, watching his little 12 year old daughter coughing and vomiting and thinking, I gotta find an answer. He would take cold rags to soothe her fever. There was a lot of sleepless nights hearing her struggle, hearing his little daughter struggle to live. 
the hope of tomorrow will be better. In his mind, he's thinking the hope of tomorrow will be better. But it didn't come. He'd been looking for the answer, but it did not come. He realized the only hope that he had was to take the need to Jesus. When you don't get the answer that you're looking for, and all hope is gone, you need to take it to Jesus. We are looking for answers in our world today, economically, politically. We're looking for answers to identity. Who am I and what am I? And anymore, we don't even know what we should say or not say because we're afraid we're going to offend someone and maybe not be politically correct. But the more we see the hope dwindling away, I can stand here and tell you that Jesus is still the answer. I am telling you that Jesus is still the answer. When your government cannot provide it for you, when your friends cannot heal you or touch you, when the pastor cannot preach it into you, Jesus is still the answer. When there is no hope, I will tell you, that's where Jesus says, when you have done all you can to stand, stand therefore. Because when you've done all you can and your hope has ran out, that's when you can step over the line and God can say now, now that you have ran out of all of your own ability and you have ran out of all of your talent and you have ran out of all the things that you can accomplish, there is a God that's still in heaven. There's a God that still heals. There's a God that is still the answer. There is a God that can touch you when no man can. Huh? And when the doctors and the lawyers and the attorneys and the government cannot do it and you can't find it on the job, I'm telling you, Jesus. I said Jesus. I said Jesus. I said Jesus is still the answer. Hallelujah. When you can't find it in churches, when you can't find it in preachers, when you can't find it in ministerial staffs, when you can't find it in the administration of the church, I'm telling you, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is still the answer. Ah, a 40th verse. Go back now. It came to pass that when Jesus had returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man, Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue and fell down at the feet of Jesus and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age, and she lay dying. All of this was going good so far until 
It says, but as Jesus went, the people were thronging up against him. People were bumping into him. There were so many needs around Jesus that it seems there has been a distraction. My need, Jarius is thinking, and my miracle is being washed down through the current of the pain and the sorrow of all of these people bumping and thronging up against Jesus. In a crowd of so many needs, my daughter is no longer important. The Lord has forgotten me. The shift now to understand what I'm preaching is that the Lord's attention goes to a woman with an issue of blood. Right there, distracted, Jesus said, who touched me? Luke 8, 45 said, and who touched me? The woman touched the hem of his garment and immediately she was made whole. And he said, who touched me? When all denied, we haven't done, we haven't touched you, Lord. Peter and them looked at him and said, Master, how can you ask this question? There's a lot of people that haven't touched you and we're right up against you. And how can you say this when there are so many people bumping up against you? Jairus' heart now is sinking. He's looking at all of these people bumping up against Jesus and they are all around around him and his heart is sinking he's thinking I have been ignored by the only answer I've been brushed off I've been set aside and that's when Jesus in the 46th verse said somebody had touched me for I perceived that virtue has gone out of my body and Jairus is looking at her the woman with the issue of blood and he's screaming inside but what about me Nobody knows who you're talking about. She's just a woman. No one's even seen her. But here I am falling at your feet and you noticed her and not me? My daughter is dying. But the story continues with the woman with the issue of blood in the 47th verse. And when the woman saw that she was not hid... She came trembling and falling down before him, and she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. Nobody sees this woman at first. Jairus is weeping, and Jairus is crying and standing right in front of Jesus. 48th verse. That's when Jesus looked at the woman with the issue of blood but had ignored Jairus and said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Now he's devastated. He would like to rejoice with her, but he's devastated and possibly feeling that he doesn't belong here. Am I invisible? Does my need not matter? Then to add insult to injury. A man runs up to tell him that his daughter is dead in the 49th verse. Which he yet spake, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, Thy daughter is dead, trouble not the master. Whether you realize it or not today, I am preaching directly into your life. Because many of you have been in Jairus' shoes. 
that it's past your miracle now. She's dead. You might as well let her go. Give up. That's what he was saying to Jairus. The daughter, your daughter is dead, so you might as well quit going to church. Your daughter is dead. You might as well quit praying. Your daughter is dead. You might as well quit uh, uh, having hope and giving up all the hope you have in your master. She's already dead. You might as well let her go. You might as well give up. Walk away. It's too late. He's listening to all of these voices. And while he's hearing all of this, perhaps he's thinking there's nothing that can be done. Can I pause for a moment and tell you, be careful with the voices you listen to. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter what the world will say. It doesn't matter what people may say. I am telling you, it's never too far. It is never too far. I am serving a God that is able. The heavens is his throne and the earth is his footstool. There's nowhere you can go that his arm is short that he cannot touch. I am telling you his ear is not heavy. When no one else can hear you, God can hear you. When no one else can give you an answer, God can give you an answer. When no one else can, his, can give you any resolve to your future, I'm telling you Jesus. I'm telling you Jesus. I'm telling you Jesus is the voice that is telling you that when you've done all you can to stand, go ahead. There's more hope beyond where you're standing Yeah. I say the devil is a liar. I say the devil is the liar. Amen. I'm telling you, I feel this in my spirit to say to someone, you feel like you've gone too far and there's no possible way that God can touch you. But I'm telling you right here, right now, not only is the devil a liar, but he's the father of liars. That means if he's got some little children running around, they're liars too. Because it's an offspring. It's an offspring of that which is not true. And he would like for you to believe that God is not able. And he would like for you to believe that Jesus didn't die that you might have life amen and he would like for you to believe that you cannot be healed but I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ is the answer Jesus Christ is the answer Jesus Christ is the answer and everything you're going through Jarius is only a setup for something bigger then this moment, you would like to say, she, the woman with the issue of blood, is a distraction. But no, God heard you the first time. God has not left you. You're not all alone. You're not invisible, Jarius. No, I still, I still hear every word you're saying. The only thing is, I got to set you up, Jarius, to see the impossible. wants you to believe. The enemy wants you to believe it's too late. Wants you to believe that you're forgotten. That your needs are not important. But in Luke 8:50, he said, Jesus heard it. But the answer said, fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. He said, Jairus, 
Don't let everything that's transpired around you at this moment cause you to lose what you believe. Oh, I'm talking to someone. I have no idea what you might be going through, but don't lose what you believe in Christ Jesus. It's a setup. I said it's a setup. The Lord is doing something in your life. He hasn't forgotten you. He's just hiding you for a moment to reveal the setup. Oh, you got to hear what I'm talking about. The psalmist David wrote in Psalms 27.5, he says, For in the time of trouble, in the time of trouble, <laughs> he shall, what? Hide me, Jairus. Just trust me. I'm going to move to this woman with the issue of blood. But I'm going to push you aside for just a moment to hide you in the time of your trouble. And I'm going to hide you in my pavilion. In the secret place of the tabernacle. Shall he hide me? Why? He shall set me up. He shall set me up on what? On a rock. On something that's solid. Not on sand. But when the winds come and the winds blow, he said, great will be the fall of those that built their house upon the sand. But Glory be to God, he says, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. Jarius, I'm getting ready to do something. Ah, somebody's fixing to come into your miracle. Don't lose what you believe. He hasn't forgotten you. He's just hiding you. That's why it says in Psalms, let me reread it. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in the pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle. Shall he hide me? He shall set me upon a rock. Jairus, do you know who I am? You're a leader in synagogue, but Jairus, do you really understand who I really am? I'm not just a man. I'm a God that has stepped out of glory into a body, and I am not just a man. I am your chief corner stone. Jarius, I'm going to put you on the rock. Do you understand what I'm talking about, Jarius? Do you understand what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to hide you for the setup, setting you up for something more solid than your current problem. While your problem is pushing you to and fro, and while you feel like you're tossed like a ship in the wind, he said, no, 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 you don't understand, Jarius. Even though you may feel like that, I have not forgotten you. I am more solid than anything you are going through. Your current problem cannot, cannot define who I am in your life. believe you believed when she was sick why can't you believe 
where she's gone beyond the prognosis. If I'm the God of the living, do you not trust that I'm also the God of the dead? If I'm God of the living, can you not trust that I'm also the God of the dead? Just because you haven't had an answer yet, Jarius, don't mean that it's ever over. Don't, Jarius, don't quit believing. The story's not over. 51st verse. And when he came into the house, when Jesus came into the house, he suffered no man to go in, say Peter and James and John and the father of the, and the mother of the maiden. And everybody that was there began to weep, bewailed her. But Jesus says, oh, slow down, slow your row. Weep not. She is not. She is not. She is not, but Jarius, you have defined her as being dead based on your own perception. But I, being God, stand outside of time. That's why I am eternal. When they say I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end, it's trying to define me in the hearts and the minds of people that live by time. But I even stand outside of Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. I have no time. So therefore, I can be in any time at any time. I can be in your past right now. I can be in your future right now. I can be in this service with you right now. Do you understand, Jarius, that even though you might see her as dead, I don't because I can step back to when she was alive and tell you right now all she's doing is sleeping. See, we define our problems and we say, God, here's my problem. And sometimes the Lord is saying, wait a minute, can I get you to understand that I do not define what you're going through by your perception. I define what you're going through by what you believe. When you believe, that's when it starts coming to pass. That's when you can get your miracle. That's when you can be healed. It's a setup. Don't you understand, Jairus? It's a setup. I got to show the world that I'm not just a God of the sleeping, but I'm also a God of the dead. Why? Because if I don't prove to this world that I'm a God to the dead, then I can never show them that I'm a God of the resurrection. I want them to see that I stepped past the grave. Oh, I could talk about that all day long. 
I don't even need notes for this one. But I want them to see that as a man that one day I'm going to die. And three days I'm going to raise from the dead. Do you not understand, Jerry? It's upon this rock. I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Do you understand, Jerry? That when she is dead, everybody defines her as dead. But I say, she's only asleep. That's believing even unto the dead. This life does not define who I am. What defines who I am is what happens to me when I die. That is my defining moment. Because really, do I die? Not if I'm in Christ Jesus. For it says that we that are asleep shall be called out of the grave Ah. to our glorious catching away, which many define as the resurrection. Even under death, Jarius, I am showing you that this is all just a setup. Jesus says, they're asleep. Okay, here's where I'm going to get you where you live. 51st verse. And they laughed him to scorn, knowing that she was dead. We can't have church now. Our problems have consumed us. So Jesus says, 50. Fourth verse, he put them all out and took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. I think it's interesting. He put them all out. He literally removed the voices in the room that didn't believe. Don't let people rain on your party. Don't let them put water on you when you believe. You keep believing. And even if you believe unto death, it's going to be all right. Amen. Amen. Even though you might not get your perceived perception gratified, you can still trust that God has an answer even unto death. Do I get a witness? Remove the voices that don't believe. I have lived my life pastoring this church, listening to people say it cannot be done. I refute that. I absolutely am against that. Because if I let you speak into my life with such a negative thought and idea, then I dilute my faith and my hope and what I believe God to be in my life. Therefore, I have to find people that know how to talk it up. 
say things like, you know what? I came to church not just to hear pastor preach, but I came to church because I believe I'm going to be healed. I believe I'm going to be delivered. Oh, you've been beat up all week and you've had everybody tell you that it can't be done, but I'm telling you, just start believing now. Trust it in your God now because what he is doing, he's just set you up that you might receive a miracle today and that which is dead shall come to life in your spirit. Jesus basically was saying, if you don't believe, get out of the way. Jesus grabs her, says, May to rise, 55th verse, and her spirit came again, and she arose straightway, and he commanded to give her meat, give her something to eat, and her parents were astonished, but he charged them that they should tell no man what had been done. Can I come down there for a minute? Tell no man. This, in my opinion, is a very puzzling passage. Because when he says, tell no man, he was saying, show them. Show them. Why is he saying that? He said, because there's a whole lot of people say they believe but never show. They say they're Christians, but they don't act like Christians. They say they love the Lord, but they don't have the walk. They got talk, but they don't have the walk. And he's saying, don't tell anybody. Just show them what the Lord has done for you. If God delivered you from drugs, don't go back. Show them that God delivered you. If you had sticky fingers, show them that you can be trusted. Oh, I'm talking to somebody today. Amen. Show them. He said, don't go tell anybody. Just walk out there with your head high. And they can see the glory of God in your life. And when they see that you're a changed person, you're not going to go back doing the things you once done. You're not going to go hang out with the people you used to hang out with. You're not going to say the things you used to say. You're not going to treat people the way you used to treat people. But I'm going to deliver you. And I'm going to raise you up out of the muck and mire. And I'm going to set your feet upon the rock. And when I get you set up, Set up, set up on the rock when you start walking. Don't tell anybody. Just let them see that I shall walk in the likeness of my Christ. I shall walk in the statutes of my Lord. Hallelujah. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. They were astonished. I'm going to take you as an example, sweetheart. Come on up here. Come on. Don't be afraid. What they're saying is your daughter's been touched. She's been healed. She's been blessed to have her spirit come back into her after all have said that she is dead. 
But a father wants to tell everybody, look what the Lord has done with my daughter. Look at how he healed her. No, 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 no. He said, Daddy, I know you're proud, but keep your mouth quiet. Let what has happened to her be her example. Let what has happened to her be how she walks her life. Let the people see the glory of God in the miracle, in the miracle that God has given to her. Do you hear what I'm preaching right now? Amen. We've got Christians all over the world. They're acting the part. But somewhere we've got to get into relationship with Jesus Christ so he can set us up on the rock to stay. He's going to set us up for the greatest move of God we have ever seen. And that is coming down the dusty road. Because as the days get darker, that's when the light of Jesus Christ is going to shine in the hearts of people that are saying, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Hallelujah. I believe. They were astonished. He said, tell no man what was done. I want her life to exemplify the beauty of her mother. Daddy, you cannot live her spiritual walk with her and for her rather. You cannot live her spiritual walk for her. She has to find her own way. They need to talk about not what you talk about, Dad, but they need to talk about what has happened in her life. Let's all stand.
Yours. 